0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Kudzu Radio Hour. This is the Kudzu Radio Hour number 151, recorded Saturday, May 8th, 2021. I'm your uh, host Michael Buffalo Smith, well one of your hosts anyway. And uh yes. We uh <laughs> sorry. My Right when I started recording, the cell phone in my pocket started vibrating. And we all know how painful that can be. Anyway, yes, program number 151. We'll have uh, Patrick, Billy, and Jim in here in just a few minutes. But, uh, and we're going to talk about um, the subject is unplugged, unplugged. Great acoustic performances usually performed electric, that kind of thing. And uh, we'll see what the guys have to say about that. There's, there's been some great ones through the years. Also, we'll have uh, our recommendations in another round of the game High Fidelity. So uh, hope you guys stick around for all that. Um, the program, Kudzu Radio Hour, is brought to you by, in, in, living, in living color, brought to you by the folks at Springer Mountain Farms, Springer Mountain Farms has fresh chicken responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. Get more information or order online at Springer, uh, SpringerMountain.com. That's SpringerMTN.com. And just remember that Springer Mountain chicken is not only uh, healthier for you, very much healthier but it also tastes superior, the good stuff. If you like chicken, just think about Springer Mountain Farms. That's all you got to say. Find it in your market or order it online. Go to springermountain.com and you can order it and have it delivered to your doorstep. How about that? The program's also brought to you by that little old band from LA called the Boxmasters. (laughs) What a great group. I think they're gearing up for a tour for the summer. Didn't get to tour last summer. And a lot of us were really bummed, including the band. I'm sure But they have an album that they recorded that they were going to tour on and are behind, and they're going to do it this summer. Uh, The album is called light race and it's still getting lots of rave reviews all around the world. Even, even today, I think I was among the first to to write one of those rave reviews because I'm a fan. What can I say? I'm a fan. I love the Boxmasters and this is one of in my opinion, it's one of the uh, best albums out of all the ones that they've done so far and they've done some great ones. So uh, stay in touch with them on the, on the website, theboxmasters.com and uh, you can get information on the tour when it happens. Also, you can order the album Light Rays on vinyl, CD, download, or all three. You can get yourself some Boxmaster swag, t-shirts, stickers. Um Last time I was on there they had Boxmasters shot glasses and ashtrays. What else do you need in life other than a shot glass and an ashtray? That's what I say. Uh maybe a cold beer to go along with it. But uh yeah. The uh the Boxmasters, the And also I highly recommend that you follow them on Instagram and Facebook and social media. But on Instagram, uh JD Andrew uh keeps that thing just locked and loaded with vintage pictures of Bud Thornton and himself and all the people that they've played with over the uh, past 13 years or so. Oh, uh, I saw a picture recently where they were standing there with Willie Nelson from back when they toured with Willie. Um, and I saw a picture of bud with Billy Gibbons and I mean, it's just so many great things. It's just fun, 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 the if you haven't seen issue number forty-one of Kudzu Magazine, it's still available and will be, just like all the others. You can see all the other issues, all the past issues, absolutely free at kudzumag.com and spell Kudzu K-U-D-Z-O-O. Uh, say it's K-U-Z. Say, ah, sorry about that. K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G. Kudzu Mag. At, yes, kudzu I was going to give you the email address, and that's not what you need right now. The email address is kudzu mag at g at yes at yahoo.com. Can you tell I'm getting my words all tangled up today? I don't know what it is. Too much coffee, I guess. Too much caffeine. Um, anyway, kudzu issue number 41 still out there. Handsome Freddie Salem on the cover from the Outlaws. Great interview with Freddie. And uh, issue number 42 is really chomping up, getting ready to come out very soon. Very soon. As soon as I can finish it up, I'm going to get it out there. And it has uh, Chuck Lavelle on the cover from the uh, Almond Brothers and from, of course, Rolling Stones. And a great interview with Chuck. So there we go. Good stuff, man. Uh please uh be sure to visit the Ambassador of Southern Rock channel on YouTube. Uh just posted a new interview with Harvey jet, uh lead guitar player for Black Oak, Arkansas. Another recent one was an interview with Jason Ringenberg of Jason and the Scorchers. Um man, there's just a bunch of stuff. And we're going to start posting this particular podcast in video form. I don't know if we'll do it every week, but we're certainly going to this week. Um, so you can watch us, you know, if you so desire, if you, you can see what the uh, guys in Texas and in Massachusetts look like, and don't let it scare you. Really. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about me, (laughs) but anyway, yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, course we can't play the music. We can't play the records uh, on YouTube because they're copyright things. So it'll just be us jibber jabber talking and uh, everything. All right, folks. Well, um, thank you again. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much. And since we're talking about great acoustic performances, we're going to start off with one. This is Maria McKee, and you know, if you've listened to this program just how much I love Maria McKee as both as lead singer of Lone Justice as well as her solo work. And she did did an album in 2006 called Acoustic Tour. And the whole album is great. Um, This is an acoustic solo version of the song that she did one of the big songs she did with lone justice called shelter and uh yeah and we'll be back after the song we'll be back with a whole hee-haw gang so stick around thanks
1: every every tour is different everyone's different new york last time was like Whoa! and this time it was very mm. and then like frisco usually always like yeah! and then sometimes la is a little bit like mm. but this time it's like yeah it's kind of like a little of both. It's good. And in Stockholm, they light a the candle for me. You see, they hold very still. They light the candle normally. Well, I'll oh, run. Oh. You give it all.
0: to the Kudzu Radio Hour, and uh, I'm uh, one of your hosts, Michael Buffalo Smith. Please welcome uh, my co-host, uh, three gentlemen who are all musicians and musicologists. Boy, my voice cracked when I said that. Musicians and musicologists, and all three of them sound equally great, electric or acoustic.
2: That's <laughs> good, good setup, man. Really <laughs> good <laughs> That's setup. True.
0: Very nice. nice. Uh, yeah, coming smooth. Oh, smooth. Thank you very much. It, It's the Coors Light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all the way from Hooville, uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's right. The same place, same place that Horton came from. That's right. In, well,
2: uh, Horton saved it. Uh, Horton a, heard, it. He yeah. heard
0: it. He heard it.
2: He did hear it.
0: And uh, as, <laughs> his name is Billy Eli. You love him. You know him. You can't live without him.
2: Hey, man, how are y'all on, today?
0: What's going on? Uh, Billy's working on a, a brand-new album, uh, uh one of his best yet. It's going to be great. Y'all are going to love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And also assisting with it, as uh, all most of his projects, have this guy from Austin, Texas, by the name of Jim P- Hemphill. You see him right there.
3: Hey, you
0: <clears throat> guy with the gothic haircut. Yeah, he's a with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It, it really, it really is. It's pretty cool. It, it's actually, time, it's
4: a, it's actually a non haircut. Let me let me just say, the
2: this last the time, time I saw Jim give anybody that look, we were playing some little dive in South Texas, and some guy asked us if we could play freebird, <laughs> and that was and that was <laughs> the look
3: Jim
0: gave. Yeah, yeah, well, I've given that same look many times over the same thing. Can can, can we or
4: will we? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those 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 have different
0: answers. I think as farmer, South Carolina, our reply was, "I got you, free bird swinging," which is really redneck. I love saying things like that. And also, please welcome to the program. We saved the best for last. (laughs) He might he might live in Austin, but he's still a beach. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Ain't a son of a beach, man. That's right.
2: i tell you what, Buff, man, you, you got your mojo. You, you got your radio <laughs> chops going.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, but working on, hey, this uh, I worked in radio for 18 years, and hey, back when we used to talk like this, hey, it's uh, W-O-R-D-A-M. I'm Michael B. Smith. But, but this guy's name is Patrick Beach. And, and I've be a round of applause and a
5: standing ne- ovation. I have never played Freebird, and if I ever will, it would be ironically.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Right. It. Right. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. No. I totally get.
0: That. I have played Free Bird, but because somebody came up and tipped us twenty bucks, uh, but I've also tried to play it backwards just to see what happens.
4: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've played it because I was in a band in the '70s, well, <laughs> so you had to. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, you just pretty much had to.
2: Hey, I I for you. Yeah, I played that. I was in a band in the 70s. I've also <laughs> played Taking Care of Business.
0: Have you or ever? You watched? know it. I, I,
2: also in the 70s. Yeah, you know it.
0: Every day, take care of every... and,
2: uh, and
4: The Joker by uh,
0: Steve Miller. Uh, band. Steve
4: Miller. Because the that, 70s. We, we missed that one. Never never played the Joker. Oh, I've played it. Maybe, play, well, I I, maybe when did. we get together for our next gig, Billy, we'll play the Joker. We, uh, yeah. You we, ought uh, to.
0: But you need do, to sing yeah. the words that Homer Simpson sings to it, which sure. you're completely wrong. <laughs> you know, where uh, he, he sings what he's hearing, you know.
2: Well, I, I like the bit where he goes to the festival to see uh, BDO, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's yelling, Taking care of business. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna play that later. First, we're gonna do some stuff off the new album. Boo! <laughs> care of it. So let's start playing. You know, the get up. Yes, yeah, skip that. Get to the working overtime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. go a yeah, because that's really the only part in that song anybody really likes is the working overtime. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know what's oh, weird yeah. is I was I was like in the 11th grade when that was out. And, uh, you know, I, I like that other song better. They did. Was it You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet?
4: Ba, 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 baby. Oh, they had, baby. They yeah,
0: had that one. Uh, you know, let, uh,
4: let it ride. Or let it slide. Let it ride. Yeah. Ride. Yeah. Uh, roll on down the highway.
0: I actually yeah, I thought that was pretty cool at the time. Um, then Ooh, again. It'd, be,
2: it'd, it'd be pretty cool now if you hadn't played all of it a half a
3: million
0: times. yeah yeah i've got a documentary over here uh, B, uh a blu-ray that came out last year and it's all about uh randy bachman his whole career all the way from the guess who you know all the way up and everything and he's one thing about him i will say he has the probably greatest guitar collection i've ever seen in my life it's a whole warehouse full of guitar cases and he would. It just pulls them out, looks at them. You know, it's like, sure, don't get to play them all, but you know. Uh,
2: I have a question for the panel, and Jim, you don't have to answer because I already know. I already know the answer.
0: What's everybody drinking?
2: I'm I'm drinking the uh, G Fresh. It's like grapefruit. I thought it was an IPA, but it's a pilsner a, uh, from Fort Hills, uh, brewery, the brewery, local brewery here, a few miles from my house. And uh, and they had. As y'all know, I never drank. Upscale beer until just what the last few months. I mean, yeah. I drink Lone Star and Pearl and you know uh, other <laughs> other stuff that you could buy in volume.
0: Milwaukee's best.
2: <laughs> yeah, I drink that grain <laughs> belt but uh, but yeah, today I'm drinking uh Fort Hills Jeep Rush and it's pretty good. And I. But that brewery is part of the reason I want you guys all to come up here. I mean, we can play a gig, but you're really coming up here to drink beer. So. Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. And, wh- and what about and what that about works. you? And what about you, Beach? Because because Beach is probably Jim does Jim drinks a lots of different stuff, man. Beach is pretty adventurous in his in his beer selection. I knew
0: it would that's have a, the word. I knew it would have the letters IPA on it. Yeah,
5: that's a rodeo clown double IPA from Carbach out of Houston. Uh, Jim and I, dude,
4: yeah, excellent. We, yeah, we, I, we, we we went, went there, there yeah. went there, ate and drank before we saw the Stones in Houston the last time they were through two years ago. Yeah, yeah, cool. And Jim, you're not drinking today because I'm drinking. I'm drinking uh, filtered and chilled Austin tap water. <laughs> hey, that's a that's a special kind of water. Yeah, I I don't day drink much anymore. I I make up for it after five. I gotta tell you, man, that's one of the saddest things I've heard
2: in the last few well, and, and, and we're living through a time of COVID. And ever I've heard since some you moved really
4: to, sad stuff. And Tony Spain died yesterday. And ever McCain since you, you, yeah. ever since you moved. <laughs> you moved to Massachusetts and uh you and, the, and, and the COVID happened, and that kind of killed my day drinking for, for a while. Yeah,
2: we used to day drink all the time. I mean, we called it rehearsal sessions or something. Exactly but mostly we just sit around and drink yeah and buff let me guess are you drinking coors light
0: well just say mike just say buffalo what are you drinking
2: buffalo what are you drinking
0: i'm drinking my life away yeah <laughs> this is oh a, yeah yeah well, and that's just
2: coors, and that's still not as sad as jim saying i don't they drink much anymore
0: that's the dis- disappearing can that's a uh, actually it's a uh, coors light but um now last night was a different story. Uh, I have got, a story
2: about la- about last night. I had what, a little, what,
0: I had a two or three shots of, or, or five of Buffalo trace.
2: I ran out of beer early. I don't know how that happened. I had left the 30 pack out on the porch. And I think some of the neighbors, got it.
3: But, uh,
2: cause I had like five and then there was just like one left and I'm not going to accuse them because it's, completely possible. I drink them and forgot. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so I, all of a sudden I'm out of beer and it's only like 1030, man. And I got and to, I got to make like another hour, hour and a half. So I get to, I get to rooting through my cat the kitchen cabinets, man. And uh, there wasn't any beer. But I found some stuff that I think Joey Parrish made in his garage. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was in a mason jar out there that, that uh, peachy weachy that he makes, and I had oh yeah, uh, I had just about two healthy shots. Fortunately, that's as much of that stuff as you need.
0: Yeah, boy, you better believe it. That's not wrong. Uh,
2: yeah, and it yeah, and it, it kind of got me over. And I was feeling a little rank this morning, but uh, I just I'm just cracking my first beer. Man, it's taking the edge off. So
0: well, you know, you anyway,
2: jo- want I I'd like to send a big thank you out to Joey Perry.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, know, you talk about that peachy, and uh, I I made a big mistake with some of that one time. One time, I well, took you drank I drink
2: a bunch of no,
0: it. I took the Almond Brothers album literally, the Eat a Peach album. Yeah, and I just pulled the peach out of the jar.
2: Oh, and ate that and ate that peach.
0: Yeah, last thing I remember, I was holding on to a seed, (laughs) and uh, and uh, I think you know the next morning I kind of remembered it. But boy, golly, that's man, you want to see
2: that? That's like a vegetarian version of eating the worms out of a mezcal bottle.
0: Yeah, exactly, same thing. (laughs) uh, Same thing except the idea of a worm is.
2: you're you're never eating one and you know man if they if they hadn't killed that worm and they let it go through it's you know all of its larval phase, they turn into butterflies it's not just any worm that they can find it's a particular type of worm
0: well does it know. turn into a butterfly in your stomach
2: i don't know man but i mean i've eaten a bunch of them but <laughs> i've I just, heard, heard of people
0: having the butterflies in their stomach so i just one, yeah it's probably that's
2: probably what it's
0: <laughs> <from>. <laughs> sorry about it making so, make, yeah. it, make okay. shake his head <laughs>
2: You know what, man, you need to get another beer because you regress.
0: Jim Jim was Jim like I just heard Jim psychically say. No, really. Counsel, I, I object. He, Counsel, I object.
2: No, no, man. I what he psyched, said was really that's the best you could do. No, no, no. Nobody
0: no said comment. it was the nobody said it was the best.
2: No, it was just easy. <laughs>
0: just easy. That's right. The game high fidelity ladies and gentlemen. I got a good one for you. Okay. And here's the theme song. Wait, we don't have a theme song. Never mind. It's probably copyrighted anyway. Bum, Even if bum, I wrote it. High fidelity. Oh, I
2: was I was doing the theme from uh, Diamond Girl Busters.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> high
2: high,
0: high fidelity. Yeah, or uh, you know, I w- I could just always hear Bill Murray doing his lounge, oh, his lounge <laughs> high fidelity
2: right. yeah that yeah. would be
0: cool yeah did he children. did
2: that smoking version of star Wars.
0: Yeah. yeah 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 and stairway to heaven one night he did it was so good Got the, what's, uh, our,
2: what's our what's our list
0: it's uh it was i was thought about making it into an actual topic for a show but then i said no let's just do it as high fidelity All the world's a stage. Okay. All the world is a stage. Somebody wise named Bill once said that the, uh, this is the difference between going to see the Eagles and going to see kiss that type of thing. The three greatest shows you ever saw, not necessarily musically, but greatest stage shows that blew you away. Of any genre, any time, it should be very easy, right?
2: Uh this is gonna be tough for me since I've mostly seen club concerts. Um uh, Yeah, but, but
0: those are great too.
2: Uh, well, it depends
0: on what they do in the club concert.
2: Right, right. Uh you don't normally get the big pyrotechnics and the well
0: it, it doesn't have to be pyrotechnics, it can be energy. Great news, uh, like you know, people who are not just standing there with thoughts. Uh, it, it's but,
2: funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about one that I saw back in the late '80s, I believe, uh, mid '80s. Uh, at the uh, y'all remember when the steamboat was on on Sixth? Sure. Uh, and it had the little upstairs balcony part. Yeah. I mean, what, what? I mean, capacity on that, according to the fire marshal, was what,
4: 175? Sounds probably it, it, right. it
2: couldn't have been much more than that. It was a really small play. And I was thinking about this because uh, Buff did that thing with uh, with Jason Ringberg recently, and I saw uh, Jason and the Scorchers there. and oh, yeah. And th- the energy, not the volume. I am amazed that the energy coming off the stage did not blow the windows out. <laughs> I had never seen anything that just uh, – I mean, it – it's like when you watch a cartoon of, like, nuclear fission. It it just kind of just came off the stage and got big. And, uh, you know, and, and everybody here is familiar with their work. And and so they were playing stuff that I had heard uh their records of, and they were playing it two and a half times, the, the tempo. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was all recorded, and it was nonstop, and it was just balls out.
4: And uh, so that's
2: one. Somebody else go.
4: Well, how about uh, the Clash, Aragon Ballroom, Chicago, Illinois, Friday the thirteenth of August, nineteen eighty-two? Wow, that sounds like it was probably a pretty good. Show. Friday the thirteenth, yeah. my lucky day. No, no pyrotechnics. About fifty percent oversold. About one hundred and eighty-five degrees, uh, and it was just, <laughs> it was just amazing. A totally life, amazing. It was life changing. It was, it was, it was really something. All right. Okay. Kiss, no, I mean, what what else what else can you say? That's I right. Mean, that's, right. Yeah.
5: yeah. Much. I'll say this. Kiss at the circuit of the Americas, which is our F1 track here in Austin, on my actual 50th birthday, outside, so they could blow up a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> my my wife had never seen them. <clears throat> they announced this show. And I emailed her. She was at work. They announced the show. And she said, please take somebody else. Please take somebody else. Please take somebody else. (laughs) And I said, note the date. She's like, oh, God. okay." And she had the best time. It was a terrific show. It was a a great show. And uh, a close second is I don't think anybody does the stadium rock thing bigger, uh, more consistently than you two. And their Octone Baby stadium tour was was really great. That's the one where they had, like, those those Yugos suspended on the cherry pickers and all that stuff. That,
2: that was, like, in the late 90s, maybe.
4: Yeah. Octone Baby was mid-90s, yeah. yeah. yeah okay.
2: it was, Yeah, it was after their rattling home phase and all that, right? Oh, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, again, man, I like all the stuff there's I've ever heard. I never bought any of their records, and, you know, I mean – I heard them because as y'all are well aware, at, at, in the 80s and the 90s, there was no way to be on this planet and not have heard their right. stuff. I mean it that wasn't possible. Uh and uh I never really got into them all that much until so I watched that documentary that uh Jim recommended that it was uh This might get loud. Yeah. And no idea Edge was that damn good a guitar player. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well okay, Buff. Well, you just, Oh, you did one, Pat did two. Uh, y'all I'd, be thinking if you've got a extra one, you know? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, Cause I want to do my, I'll just run my three down. We'll do three. My, my three, uh, uh, uh in no particular order, uh, Bruce Springsteen and East e street band, the year 2015, uh, buddy of mine. I, I don't, I never had gotten to see Bruce and, um, I feel so lucky that I got to go. This buddy of mine got us tickets and, uh, and it was these private boxes that they had for all the rich folks, but his boss at work got us into one of those booths where they bring you drinks during the show and, you know, complimentary alcohol and, right. uh, all what this goes, yeah. And the stage of the box is right there. Looking down on the stage, I mean, and it's just, uh, you, you know, it was just perfect. And he did such an incredible set, three and a half hours, uh, including uh, bringing out uh, our local uh, people from Greenwood, the swinging medallions. And they came out and did a double shot of my baby's love with Bruce. <laughs> he did a lot of covers that night that I had not heard him do before, too. So it was wonderful. So anyway, that's Springsteen E Street Band 2015. And then there, uh, my second one, uh, said, I already thought this out. Whereas y'all don't get a chance to think about it, but I had a, uh, tie for my second one with two, two concerts in the seventies that just, you know, as far as, um, I love theatrical rock stuff. So the uh, Alice Cooper, welcome to my nightmare tour of 75 in Charlotte off this off the chain Susie Quattro open but you know and she was great but the welcome to my nightmare was just a a full-on Broadway quality show yeah it, was it, was a show, and it ties it ties with an equally uh, impressive 1973 David Bowie Diamond Dogs tour that uh, I saw and um I just yeah. never saw anything like that either
5: I
2: wonder how many of us would have liked had we been, you know, 10 or 15 years younger, man, how many of us would have been really into, a, given that we all like Kiss and we all like Alice Cooper and how many of us would have been into gore? That, I mean, that, oh, yeah. that sort of, <laughs> well, that speed metal thing, I, I couldn't <clears throat> even really get into it, but yeah, yeah. I was already grown when that started to be a thing, so I was already kind of locked, and I wonder if I'd have been, you know, if, I, if I'd have heard Doom the same time, the same age as I heard Kiss when I was 12 or 13, if I would have been like, ah, oh, this is cool. Man.
5: Oh, I think, I think uh, your tolerance for gore sort of expires when you outgrow dick jokes, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so,
2: then, so we so, so, so need so day now. <laughs> so, we need day
5: now. So, my know. other,
0: my other one is all <laughs> from my, uh, well, those were from my high school days. I guess I'm a little older than you guys, but the, uh, you know, you talk about getting,
5: get,
0: well, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You talk about getting older. I mean, be it being uh, older than what we, fourteen. Whenever I got into kids, I was more like sixteen or seventeen. Maybe. Right.
2: And, and I wasn't uh, fourteen, I was twelve. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're just a child. Uh and then the uh but when I saw Diamond Dogs, uh I was sixteen years old, so it's pretty good. But the uh, this other one is uh nineteen seventy six. I was a senior in high school when I went to see for the second time. No, the third time I went to see kiss and it was the destroyer tour, which had the greatest stage show in the mm-hmm. world. And it was right on the front row in that standing room only audience and right up against the stage. And, and you know, what I have to show for it is a damaged left ear. It's got 50% hearing loss. <laughs> because of H freely's amp. I heard my ear pop. I was right in front of it. And I heard it go. Pum, pum. And I went to have it checked and he said, and there's blood running down your <laughs> yeah. at the same concert. I lost a lot of vision in my right eye. From H.
2: Freely's was, guitar.
0: No, from the, <laughs> the fire, the flamethrowers. I was, they were right in front of me. And when that shit blew up, <laughs> I could just feel my face burning, and I was like, okay, thank you, Kiss. Oh, thanks, dudes, you know. Um, I,
2: wonder if, I wonder if anybody in our audience, I'm thinking about this while you're talking, you're talking about stage shows and stuff. Anybody in our audience, uh, anybody out there ever see uh, Elvis and do one of his Vegas shows, uh, you know, I mean, I was, wasn't listening to Elvis then. Uh, anybody out there that saw one of those? I and mean, y'all ought to send Buff an email, to describe what that was like, because the bits I've seen, video stuff, and he was a great entertainer, not just a good singer. Mm-hmm. He could tell a joke. He could, I mean, his timing was good. He well, best, he did yeah. that self-deprecating kind of humor. I mean, and I was, you know, it wasn't anything that. Again, he was doing that stuff when I was eleven or twelve. I was listening to kids.
0: You know? oh, I, so, you know, I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever talked about it, but I did see Elvis in Charlotte. And uh it was that same tour where he did that Aloha from Hawaii. Right. Right. Uh, and, and it with uh James Burton on guitar mm-hmm. uh, on the Pink Paisley Telecaster. And uh it was some kind of great. I mean well, he, great yeah, I mean he was
2: a I mean, you know, king of rock and roll and all that stuff, and and it, but I've seen clips of, of like his Vegas shows. And, out, and, he he and, talked
0: a lot of, told some he,
2: stories. He's a man. He's a great entertainer, man. He had really good timing and really good sense of
0: humor, and, and uh, which is I, why he was in so many movies. You know,
2: I would have, I would have, I, I think I probably, I wouldn't have went more than once, but I probably would have went and seen him one time.
0: Well, you, know? you should. Yeah, I mean, it would have been too late now. Well, well, it's never too late. You can go, but you have to go to, uh, Memphis and stand over the grave. Um,
2: yeah, the, I don't really, I don't really like going through Tennessee at all. <laughs> Any there's, there's no place in the state of Tennessee. That's far enough away from Nashville for my personal comfort. Okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, well, uh, well, did uh, any of y'all have uh, any, any others that you, uh,
4: Jim did. Well, sure. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen some, some things with stage shows. I've seen Kiss several times when I was a kid and then on the reunion tour, won't go see him now. Cause I just, the ringers just bother me. Uh, the, what? You know, <laughs> ringers? the two ringers. Yeah. The two, the two fake guys. Oh, the fake guys. Yeah. It bothers me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, you know, and the last time I saw him, I saw him with Mr. Beach on their the last tour they did with Peter and Ace. And uh, um, at the end of that show, I thought to myself. I have seen Kiss just enough times in my life. I don't need yeah. to see them again. Right. And uh, thus far, I've resisted going back. And I, I've seen Alice Cooper a couple times. And I remember the first laser show I saw was Blue Oyster Cult on the Spectres tour, oh,
3: cool. which was
4: also the first time I saw Cheap Trick was opening for them. But oh. um, but the shows that really stand out to me as as being just great shows are the ones that the music was just had so much energy. And the one the one that I think of is. I saw the Who at Reunion Arena in Dallas in the summer of 2000, and I was the fifth time maybe I'd seen the Who, but it was the first time I'd seen it with Zach Starkey on drums. Oh, wow. and they—it was the closest to live at lead that you're ever going to get, and it was wow. just—it was less than a year before John Entwistle died, so it it just pinned me back in my seat. They were so good. Uh, that I feel like that's the closest you could come to see the who in their prime, 1968, nine, 1970, who it was just amazing. And that's a show that I will always remember, you know, the first couple of times I saw the who were great, but musically, that was that they were just had so much, you know, I thought about energy. I could not believe how much energy those guys had for, you know, if they seemed old at the time, they, you know, to now they don't seem so old. Uh, yeah, you know, they were, they were the yeah, age 20, you are now, right? Yeah, that was 21 years ago. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but they were, it was just a, just a tremendous, tremendous rock and roll show.
2: And, you and Beach, you know, both being in Iowa and, and being close to Minneapolis, and it was all that great. I don't, I don't even want to call it punk, but, uh, you know, all those great bands that, that sprang out of the Midwest, and Minneapolis seemed to be a thing for them. The replacements, but, um, you know, but – Y- y'all got y'all got to see club shows of like Uncle Tupelo and uh, you know I mean stuff that yeah. you didn't get down in Texas. We we got different stuff that was really good, but it wasn't that stuff. What well, uh, you know what was seeing that? What was seeing early club club shows? Of those kind yeah. of bands that, that later Kuru- got. Yeah, Husker,
5: yeah, Husker, Husker do right. Husker do could pin you to the wall with two notes for like an never, hour. I've man. never
2: heard of them until they got that big glass from uh from MTV. I mean, yeah. I didn't even know that band existed. The, and they were on one of those like live weekends or some kind of thing. And yeah. they were the feature.
4: The first, the first time I saw the replacements, the first 15 minutes was –
5: transcendent
4: it was almost indescribable to this day the the best 15 minutes of live rock and roll i've ever seen and then the next 30 minutes were about the worst 30 minutes of live rock and roll i've ever seen because they
2: don't you love it when it's like that
4: (laughs) and and i've you know and then the second time we saw them they were great the entire show yeah, uh, which, the, the
5: second was, time we saw him, it was like the Live at Maxwell set.
4: It, yeah, it was, and it was, it was terrific. It was terrific. But the, and then, and, and, and Who's Du was really something. And you know what, the band that you could always count on to be amazing live, Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum, Asylum. <laughs> Soul Asylum <laughs> See, back then. Again, I was had never heard so of it
2: until they, until they had that big MTV hit with Runaway right. Train. And everybody that I met that was a Soul Asylum fan said, yeah, they're not—they're not the same band now that they were then. You should have heard them
4: then. And uh, just incredible live band, just really? every time. The replacements were hot and cold. You always knew what you were getting with Husker du too, which was greatness, um, but it was a different kind of greatness that, than Soul Asylum. Husker Dude just was really, really intense. Soul Asylum was like the best rock and roll bar band you've ever seen. But saying bar band is not quite giving them the right kind of credit. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly yeah. sure how you'd put it. But but they were just always, you know, they they dug deep and put it all out there.
5: The thing That's- I didn't get about Soul Asylum for many, many years, they would always haul out these cheeky covers. Like when we saw them in Iowa City, Jim, uh, you well remember, they did the entirety of Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Oh, yeah. And uh, I would have you
2: know, bought they, a ticket just to hear somebody <laughs> yeah
5: And you know they did they did rhinestone cowboy they did yada yada yada. So do you need to go pay? Oh hey, can my can my puppy like Yeah, you on Yeah, YouTube? bring the puppy on. All right. but, I, mean, I think for the longest time, <laughs> yeah, say hi Zuru. Sure. say hi for the longest time I thought they were doing those covers ironically. No, no. They like really loved those songs, just like the replacements did,
4: you know. Yeah. They had a they had a thing they called their James at 15 medley that was yeah. there were all yeah. these yeah. all yeah. these 70s songs right. strung together, you know, like Ten or twelve or 15, 70 songs all strung together. Heartbeat, it's a love beat, and you know all. No, the who's is of...
2: DeFranco. Yeah,
4: exactly. the DeFranco? Yeah, the DeFranco family. Yeah, no, yeah. Man,
2: yeah, remember it well.
4: Man. Yeah. yeah, always a great show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> <What? laughs> we we'll get the we'll our, to our
2: listening audience is missing it, man. But no, no.
0: that's <laughs> she, why they, you need know, You guys, she's all there. ears. She's always. If ears. you guys don't know, you need you can watch this also on YouTube. Right. If for no other reason than to see uh Zoe. Man,
2: she's uh, good God, she's you can almost see she's getting her, big. Bro. You getting
5: can almost big. see her, bro. Uh, she's getting big. She is. Hey, hey, hey whoa.
0: <laughs> oh, what a kitty. Zoe's chipping me out. Wow. Gee, I'm glad I wasn't stoned, Zoe. That would've freaked me right out.
2: Well, I'm glad I'm just drunk and not tripping balls. Yeah, yeah that's
0: right. <laughs> uh well, uh, let's see. It's time for recommendations. And uh you know, i I made
2: of... that last segment go long because I didn't have any recommendations.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's right. That's fine. You don't have to. Uh but I'm sure these other guys have something. Um Which one wants to go first, Jim? Jim? Jim?
4: Okay. All right. Uh, My recommendation is a Netflix limited series called This is a Robbery, subtitled The World's Biggest Art Heist. It's a four or five episode uh, documentary on an art theft in Boston uh, during uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I think it was 1980. That was me, um,
5: that was me, and,
4: I did. And it's, you know, spoiler alert, I, they, you know this from the beginning, It is it remains to this day unsolved. So there's not a neat resolution to it, but uh, they talk about, it's the world's largest art heist. The value of the paintings in today's dollars is estimated about half a billion dollars. Um, Rembrandt's only seascape was one of the, the paintings stolen. Um, They stole about 18 paintings, Uh, two guys disguised as cops came in and duct taped the stone security guards and uh, stole a bunch of art. And it goes through a lot of the suspects, a lot of the interesting history of both the Irish mob and the Italian mob in uh, in Boston. And, you know, one of the things that I, so it, it has a lot of interesting history about Organized crime and art theft. And one of the guys they interview a lot had been convicted several times of art theft in other circumstances. He swears, and he's from Boston, but swears he had nothing to do with this one. So you can kind of be the judge of that. One of the interesting things, though, you know, you think of art theft as, you know, why do you steal paintings? Probably because you sell them like to private collectors, right? For a lot of money. That's what I always thought. Um, Turns out that. Amongst organized crime, stolen art is seen as a bargaining chip. Right. Yeah. Say you get arrested for knocking over an armored car and you go and say, you know, I if you cut me a deal, I'll tell you where this stolen art is. And so you always have it in your back pocket as a bargaining chip
2: in so, case you uh, get...
4: Right. in case you get arrested for something else you can get a lighter sentence or get on
2: it as a modifier
4: right? exactly so that I thought that was interesting that's kind of the theory that authorities are going on that this was uh, was an organized crime play to uh, you know to use as a bargaining chip but that it just got so hot and it was such a big uh, uh, you know a big uh, theft that no one's ever used it with one possible exception that no one is quite sure about. But it was interesting. I became interested in art theft because when I was a reporter at a small town, small city in Iowa, uh, a a Monet was stolen from a community center that no one even knew was there. And, uh, and it was a mystery. And a year later, it turned up, rolled up in a mailbox, you know, one of those drop boxes, those big, you know where you drop right. your mail off, rolled right. up in wax paper. Someone had stolen it and apparently didn't tried know to what sell to do it or with something. It. Yeah. Didn't know what to do with it and still so rolled it up in wax paper and dumped it in a in a in a mailbox uh, in some small town in Iowa. And uh, I, know, I know
5: I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't want to spoil it because that's going to be like the next thing on Netflix. So
4: <laughs> so so anyway so anyway that's i've always kind of been interested in art theft because of that experience covering that weird weird story and this one is a it's pretty good i mean like i said it's not going to be something that's tied up in a bow because you know that's there's it's not officially a solved crime but it's a, it was a very big art heist it was interesting at how how it happened and uh, like i said the the exploration of organized crime uh and the the, the, the Irish mob versus the Italian mob and whether the Irish mob in Boston was really funding the Irish Republican army, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, interesting stuff. So it's called, This is a Robbery and it's on Netflix. It's a four or five hour uh, uh, documentary in uh, four or five parts. I don't remember exactly, but we finished it a couple of weeks ago. So that's my, that's my recommendation.
5: I gotta relocate here. Looks like this puppy needs to go outside. (laughs) (laughs) All right, taking
4: it to the patio. Boom. There you
2: go.
0: Well, uh, I'll go, Wally. While Pat's doing that, I'll go ahead and do mine. And then um, I, uh, I I love doing recommendations, but it's twice. I guess it's twice as sweet when I'm fortunate enough to come across a, uh, a film, a book, or album that I had not before experienced, and that happened this week. Uh, when I found this, uh, this album and I just cranked it up. It's a four disc set that was put out limited edition by Rhino. Rhino's handmade line, uh, in 2005, it's called don't fight the feeling. And it is a, uh, captures a four night stand at Bill Graham's Fillmore West in San Francisco. March nineteen seventy one with King Curtis and Aretha Franklin. And uh oh my
2: that, god that, that was hot. Yeah.
0: You wouldn't believe how great this thing sounds. Um uh put in my notes, Lord have mercy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> As I was
0: channeling Billy Gibbons, I think but Lord have mercy. Have mercy. Curtis and the King Bees, along with uh their special guest on Oregon, Billy Preston. Uh, during the, during the show, he also got to perform his song, my sweet Lord, and, uh, also the Memphis horns are on board to burn the place to the ground (laughs) and all that. so the Memphis horns would open each night and then, uh, you know, and then the, uh, King bees would come out and play and, um, with, uh, King Curtis. And then it would bring out the queen Aretha. Uh, and this was, uh, this is where the first shows Aretha did without her normal band. Jerry Wexler from Atlantic decided that, uh, to get King Curtis and the King bees to back up the queen of soul on her set. So each night the horn like I said, the horns open the show, adding Curtis and his band, then adding in Aretha, um, Some incredibly awesome instrumental takes, including uh, Curtis's big hit Soul Serenade, a great instrumental version of Them Changes, a whole lot of love, a uh, uh, side seal delivered, all that instrumental with uh, his incredible saxophone playing and a a really beautiful cover of Whiter Shade of Pale, just to name a few.
2: One of my favorite songs of all time.
0: What a great song. And he, and they, the, the King Beasts play it really well too. Um, and, uh, so yeah, then when Aretha would walk on stage, she owned the stage and she would start off each of these three nights with respect. R e s p e c t. She she
2: started with that.
0: Wow. Started start with the biggest one, right?
2: Yeah. Well, normally they normally they close with the biggest. Yeah, one, normally.
0: But, yeah. but but Aretha just went ahead and got that right out of the way, and as I said in my notes, she sang about respect, and she certainly earned it. She got it. She had all of. It. Um, on the first night of the show, she had a. a a special guest playing with her that you may have heard of, a little guy named Ray Charles. Uh so <coughs> P- just, piano, piano player? Yeah, he played piano <laughs> a little. Uh, she did like covers of she did a cover of Love the One You're With. Uh she's in Spirit no, Spirit in the Dark. The original album is made even more special by the addition of of all these recordings that were not included on the first release including a really take on dr feelgood i can't remember recommend this uh, soul-soaked set strong- <laughs> that's some real good alliteration there soul-soaked set strongly enough uh the greatest rock and soul hits up until 1971 filtered to the smoking hot sacks of king curtis and the one-of-a-kind voice. Okay,
2: man, who wrote that copy?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I'm a yeah. radio, co- radio copyright.
2: Yeah, in. I can tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, everything I think turns into a review because I'm so used to writing reviews. Uh, and then I got a one-sentence uh, thing to add, which is uh, unrelated, but is another recommendation that I ran across this week. And it made me happy. It's a right. website. It's a website. If you like Bruce Springsteen and who doesn't other than Billy, if you like Bruce Springsteen, I
2: love, I love Springsteen. I just pretend not to like man, cause it bugs the hell out of
0: the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we,
2: web, we have to have something to argue about.
0: Man. There's a website where every single day they put up a obscure or interesting Bruce Springsteen song for you to listen to. And, uh, and they have some great stuff on there. It's called east Easy to remember east I had never heard of it till a few days ago. And, uh, somehow I ended up on there and I was, I was like going back through all the past. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I went back about three weeks and, uh, and I said, okay, you got to get some work done. So I went back in it, but. Yeah, that's great for all the Bruce, uh, fans and, um, everything, but don't forget the main recommendation is that album and it is called don't fight the feeling, don't fight the feeling from Rhino handmade 2005, a huge box set with nothing but good stuff all the way through. And I recommend turning the volume up to 11 on that or even 12 or even 12 that all that being said. Now it's time for Patrick Beach to share. Brookings
5: before talk. before I get to sharing, I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta recommend we we all pour one out for one of the uh, one of the first writers who took rock music seriously who died this week, Ed Ward. We've yeah, talked I, about I, it. his. I saw that. His, yeah, his two volume history of rock and roll. He was he wrote two volumes and he was hoping to write a third. And uh, yeah, he he went on ahead this week and. He was a he liked to act like he was a cranky bastard, but underneath that crust he was a really sweet guy and very generous with his insights and and uh corrections. And I did not know him well by any means. I just met him a couple of times when he came back to Austin. The last time was a couple of years ago, but uh he, but he's you?
2: He worked for the Statesman for a while, didn't he? He did, yeah. long
5: yeah. time ago. That was one of the Austin American Statesman's first big hires because he was a nationally known music writer. He hated the term music critic. He was a music writer. Um, you didn't want to call him that, but he had written for Crawdaddy and Rolling Stone, and then the Statesman recruited him, and all of a sudden, the whole music scene in Austin was on notice that this guy was not going to put up with their, you know, nonsense. You know, he was very demanding and he would tell you exactly what he thought. So, Edward, R I P, or Rest in Rock, let's say R I R. But my recommendation <laughs> is by one of his uh, music journalism heirs, it is uh, an ebook, uh, Kindle only book by Ira Robbins who was the founder and editor of Trouser Press magazine which was one of the magazines I cut my teeth on as a kid.
2: I remember Trouser Press did not yeah. know the founder.
5: Oh, yeah. It's called it's called Music in a Word. And uh it's not in a word. It's about 250,000 words <laughs> and and he projects it to be the first of three volumes. So He's wow. giving Robert Carroll a run for his money as far as uh, you know the word count. It is sort of a hybrid memoir and anthology. And Ira and I are now friends on Facebook for whatever that's worth. And he seems like a really nice guy. I said, your magazine changed my life. I'd read about bands in your magazine. I'd find a record store. That would, you know, be selling the records that your magazine wrote about, and uh, I was hooked. And so I've I've been a big fan of Trouser Press, and I wrote for a long time. But what I didn't know is that he he his early life was it could have been written by Woody Allen, the classic New York Upper West Side, Brooklyn Bed Stuy, Jewish. Uh, His father was was a rare stamp dealer and a communist pamphleteer. (laughs) He he spent summer camps at socialist camps in the Catskills at which one of uh, his guitar teacher was the elder son of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. And he also appears to have been an incredible pack rat because there's there's pictures throughout this book of all these ephemera like he would make a little neighborhood uh, newspaper or newsletter when he was nine years old and such and such and he wasn't much interested in reading or writing in high school uh because everything he was assigned to read he would say it's all about the class struggle (laughs) you know us versus them (laughs) and uh he, he initially wanted to go to technical school for some sort of radio engineering because he didn't feel like a four-year degree. But anyway, he somehow found his way into, uh, into music journalism at a pretty young age. And as as he as I said to him in, in one private uh, message exchange, it was like, your magazine changed my life. And he said, it sure changed mine. <laughs> so <laughs> Music and Award by Ira Robbins. It's going to be a niche especially uh especially if you're not into the post-punk and new wave stuff but uh he's he's pretty good company on the page that's my recommendation
4: excellent it's on
0: my
5: list for sure yeah
0: sounds good man i was just just
5: started it just started it just started it
0: i was also a big fan of of trouser press i I made i had the faux pas you you guys i'm sure you remember Several, several weeks ago, we mentioned in trouser press as being a British publication because yeah, not you know, much. I just didn't know, uh, you know, I, uh, I just knew they had a lot of British artists on the cover, you know, uh, the first one I ever bought had, uh, Costello on the cover and, um,
5: Well, they, uh, they covered a lot of British artists that reminds me of something. Somebody said about William Buckley, what, what part of England is William Buckley from? And the person he asked the question to said the new parts.
0: The new part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah,
0: that's a great, uh, great recommendation. I, I'm not, a, I, I tried eBooks and all that, but I don't know. I just like to have a book I can hold in my hand. I, I, I really, I don't know. I do too.
5: I do too. I've got I, a candle
0: yeah. or a nook or something uh, that I, I read on, but I can't get, I really can't stand reading I mean, I read on the computer every day with all my work and everything. And you know, convince people to read Kudzu magazine, which is also online. Billy's got a beer. Billy's got a beer. Billy's got a beer. Um
2: I, I know I know our listeners are shocked.
0: Yeah, I know how, yeah, and now now they can actually see the colorful can.
2: Yeah, I'm not drinking Lone Star. Which is weird. I can get Lone Star up here, but I haven't been drinking
0: it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we're going to play a song, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, unplugged songs. Uh, like I said, my my unclogged. Rig- yeah, unclogged. My 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 original idea was, you know, songs that are normally done electric, but we instead somebody had done an acoustic version. But there really are no rules, and we'll see what you guys come up with. That's uh, good. <laughs> the one that I'm going to play. Uh, for anybody watching on uh, YouTube, just know that we can't play uh, legally play records on YouTube. Uh, it's a copyright
2: violation. It's right?
0: copyright, but you can, uh, if you want to hear the songs that are being played, there's a link right below this video to the Kudzu Radio Hour, and uh, you can go back and not only just listen to everything we said again which is you know that and, way and
2: and who doesn't want,
0: and who don't want <laughs> to? because you know you got to take notes you got to take notes on the on, right. on the recommendations and and you know and and all the intelligent things that we say especially
5: about beer because
2: yeah, that because that's going to take up shit, five or ten seconds
0: yeah yes
5: yeah. <laughs> you know and, and it, it will it will be on the final I uh, I,
2: I have a question. Uh, I know you can't play it on the video, but what song are you going to play?
5: Well, I'm going
0: to play a a live acoustic version of a song that I love called Stuck in a Moment by U2. That is a great, great song. It's actually just Bono Bono and the Edge doing it. And
2: and, and what's great, now that you've said it, the people watching, even though they can't listen to it because we can't play the song because it's copyright violation. But they are hearing it in their head right
0: now. Yeah, because you know, and you just sometimes you do get stuck in a moment. <laughs> sometimes
2: and sometimes you just hear things in your head.
0: But Especially my, but my lawyer has told
2: me <laughs> I shouldn't talk about
0: that. Well, you could talk about it, but don't act on it. Maybe. Um <laughs> that, that's what my psychiatrist
4: told me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Before we, ignore alien orders before we break. Jimstrong Jim said before we break, Jim, do you
5: want to say anything about the uh, the forward-facing book with the blue cover behind you? What? Sarah's oh uh, Mer- book.
4: Meredith and me. Yeah. Oh, that's my wife's book. You should get hey, it. And
2: there's it's on uh, Amazon. And there's and there's some cool stuff in there about Griffy. There is. There she is. she wrote you, some stuff about Griffith.
0: I didn't I had no idea your wife wrote a book.
2: She yeah, did. About their daughter Meredith. It's, all, yeah. all of it. All the words
0: in it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, 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 okay. ty-
2: typed them right out on that word
0: program. And <laughs> hey, Jim, where, where where might a person purchase said book?
4: Uh, I believe it's. there's some copies on Amazon. I'm pretty sure you can get it on Kindle. Um, it's just about out of print for the third or fourth time. So I don't know how many more print copies, if any, they're going to be printed. Uh, you could probably find some used, Uh, but um, yeah, I think the Kindle version is still available on Amazon too. We get little statements every once in a while. So check it out. Tell us a little bit about the book. Well, it's called Meredith and me. It's by my wife, whose name is Sarah Barnes. And it's basically about the first 18 years of raising a child with special needs. Right. And it's a, it's a, it's a memoir uh, basically. And uh, what, what uh, our life has been like, um, with, uh, with our dear Meredith, who just turned 24.
2: Uh, good God, dude, shut last, up last Man, Sunday, just turned 24 up. years old. So shut up.
4: So anyway, yeah,
2: you know, out of all the crap that's happened in the last couple of years, I have never
4: really felt old till just now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Griffey's how 26, Six? about to be 27. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if he turned 27 yet, but I figured uh, this September. year he's going to be 27, right, this yep. year? Yeah, in September. Yep, Oh, uh, yep. well, Yeah, and for, uh,
2: and for anybody that doesn't read uh, Kudzu and, and doesn't know, uh, me and Jim, we've been in a band together now for well over 20 years, we met at a support, parent support group for special needs kids, Griffey uh, – we had Griffey and, and, and Meredith and and we met them on parents' night and yep and Jim said and Jim didn't tell anybody he played guitar and Sarah did she said he plays guitar and after I said are you any good and don't lie to me because I will
3: know
2: yeah uh,
0: well anyway uh, true. Uh, well, that's true. very very interesting very interesting I got I got to read that book I've, I'll I'll be it's seeking a,
2: it's a good it's a good
0: book. That's a really good close-up of Pat's skull ring there, by the way.
2: <laughs>
0: sorry. Very grateful dead of you. Um, did,
2: did you want to close-up on my beer?
0: You, well, yeah. well, yeah. Oh! Hey, Thank man, you. We're gonna make, Thank you.
2: we, uh, we going to make shameless pitches. Riding double. Yeah. Leatherworks, man. Just sent me this guitar strap.
0: Got you a great nice. guitar strap. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
2: I, I had left my other one in L.A. Not this past time. Two years ago.
0: It's got it's got it's got a name on her, Billy Ely. Yeah,
2: yeah. Aren't you yeah. glad we're doing this, by are you related? To, are you related? not in the same room? Because if we were in the same room, that's the long Star cap, and I'd bounce it off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: It wouldn't be the first time, probably yeah, not the last.
3: I, All right, I, I, we're I mean, gonna <laughs>
0: shut up now and listen to Bono and Edge, and uh, we'll be right back in just a few minutes.
6: Zen Presbyterian He doesn't speak much But when he does
3: Shooter to the equation
6: I'm not afraid Of anything in this world There's nothing you can throw at me That I haven't already heard I'm just trying to fight a decent melody, a song that I can sing in my own company Never thought you were a fool but well, darling look at you oh, oh, oh You gotta stand up straight Carry your own way These tears are coming nowhere, nowhere You've got to get yourself together You got stuck in a moment Now you can't get out of it Don't say I will not forsake the colors that you bring but the nights you fill with fireworks did they leave you with nothing? I'm still enchanted by a light you brought to me still listen through your ears through your eyes I can see you are such a fool to worry like you do, oh, uh-huh. I know it's tough, and you can never get enough of what you don't really need now, my, oh, my. you got to get yourself together. You got stuck in a moment, and now you can't get out of it. Oh, She's half asleep The water is warm till you discover How do you I wasn't jumping for me It was a fall It's a long way down to nothing at all oh, oh. You got to get yourself together You got stuck in a mall Just
3: this to past.
0: Well, okay. That was, of course, Bono singing and the Edge playing guitar on a really cool acoustic version of uh, a great,
2: great song, man. What it a is. great song! It really
0: is. It really is. And, uh, I mean, I liked it on the album, but I liked that acoustic version very, very, especially well. So uh, we're going to talk, speaking of uh, acoustic, uh, it's funny you should mention that. That's what we're going to talk about is the uh, great acoustic uh, performances. And we're going to start with Mr. Jim Hempel with uh, his list of unplugged acoustic performances. that
4: he Unclogged un- acoustics.
0: Yeah. Un- All right. Unclogged. Un- 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 yeah. Go ahead, Jim.
4: Well, I got kind of a motley list because some of it is stuff that was originally electric and then done acoustic, and some of it's not. Uh, but to dovetail on what Buff just played, I'm going to go ahead and do this one first. And that is the ad hoc band, as an ad hoc only, I think, performed once called Automatic Baby, which was Michael Stipe and Mike Mills from R.E.M., Fantastic along with Adam, Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen from U2, doing the U2 song one. Uh, acoustically it is amazing Uh, it's on YouTube I don't know that it was ever released officially but uh, Stipes sings uh, the U2 song and just knocks it out of the park it is just really really something Mike Mills RM's bass player plays acoustic guitar because bass is handled by uh, by uh, Adam Clayton from from U2 and of course Larry on drums it's just it's a great song stripped down to its essence, and hearing it sung by someone other than Bono, who's a great singer, uh, but just adds that another dimension to it. You know, uh, it's it, it's a great song from Octoon Baby, but it's it just it's just fantastic the way the way that those four guys do it together. So that is a, a, an example of I think what Buff had in mind of a song that is reimagined, recontext put in a different context and uh, and just really, really shines. So that's, that's pick number one. I'm not going to pick anything from the Nirvana unplugged session just because it's so legendary and it just seemed too easy. So I'm not going to go there. I am, am. but it's, but it's, (laughs) but it's the, but it's the whole thing is amazing. If I had to pick two, I'd pick all apologies and then their cover of lead bellies where did you sleep last night slash in the pines, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention that at all. So uh, I wouldn't mention it if I no, were No, consider that unmentioned. That you the didn't one, mention that. The one the one MTV Unplugged performance I am gonna cite, and it's just barely unplugged because there's a the full drum kit on it, and it just but it is really really a great performance, and that is uh, Pearl Jam doing Black from their first album on MTV Unplugged is just a tr- terrific performance. Eddie Vedder again just. It's a home run, and uh, it's like I said, it's just barely unplugged because uh, there's it's a, almost a full band, but it's a great, great performance. And so, you know, I, I I've got to mention it because it's it's so good. Also, uh, the,
5: the lyric the lyrics
4: of that song
5: is perfect for an acoustic uh, version. It is, you know, it and... is,
4: it is. Oh, it's, I... uh, it's it's a song about you know yearning and knowing that you can't have something that you really want to have uh it's a great song um next is uh i guess i'm gonna go next to a song that is always acoustic but is again too damn good not to mention uh and that is uh richard thompson 1952 black lightning vincent black lightning it's just The version on on the on, uh, the studio version is is fantastic, but get on YouTube and see some of the live versions because he plays it differently every single. Time. Three of us here saw him do that live. I've seen him do it live a couple three times, and he goes out on a limb every time. Yeah,
2: that that was something you said after we that performance we saw, and you said the thing that always amazed amazed you about the way he played. He never plays his safe. Even once he jumps out on a limb every single time. And as great as he
4: is, as technically as a guitarist, he pushes himself, uh, and plays stuff that is just right at the edge of any human's ability. (laughs) Uh, and, and, uh, and it's just really something. And on top of all that, right. It's a great song. It is a terrific song. Uh, he's, you know, he he's a very unique vocalist, uh, a good vocalist, uh, but very unique. And you, you you can go down a rabbit hole on YouTube and see lots of different covers of it, because lots of bands have done covers right. of it. Re- Reckless and, Kelly from here in Austin. But nobody uh, should. That's one of those nobody should cover, man. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, just been done by lots and lots of folks, but he just... It's just a it's just the, the great marriage of an amazing guitar player, a great composition, a great story, and it's you know it's always acoustic. So this is not something that is, you know, that that was electric transformed to acoustic. It's just too good to not mention. So 1952, Vincent Black Lightning, Richard Thompson. Next up is something that is uh, I'm going classic rock now, and that oh. is Pete Townsend doing Won't Get Fooled Again
3: acoustically. Yeah. yeah.
4: Now, mm-hmm. the prop, maybe the best known version of it is, is from a series of charity concerts called The Secret Policeman's Ball, yeah. uh, where he plays with classical guitarist John Williams uh, and the two of them do it acoustically. For my money, the best version is a version that, again, that I'm not sure where it's from, but it's, it's, it's a later version, I think from the 90s. Townsend doing it in a studio and he just rips. And his, his, the magic of a strong, fast right hand with a flat pick on an acoustic guitar is completely illustrated by the way Townsend does this. It's just, it's just magic. And Townsend's actually a much better guitarist than he usually gets credit for. Another thing, one of that almost made my list instead of that was Townsend's version of the beat or the English beat, save it for later. That uh-huh. he does yeah. acoustically several times it's in really weird <clears throat> tuning and there's one version of it on youtube where he goes into this long finger picking thing uh that is technically impressive that i don't think a lot of people know that pete can do that kind of thing but you hand him a gibson j200 maple jumbo guitar and a flat pick and have him do won't get fooled again and it's really really something so uh that is uh you know and he's a great singer too that's the thing about pete is he He's, he's not Roger Daltrey, but he is a fine singer and has a very distinctive voice. And, uh, and of course, it's one of the greatest rock songs of all time. So for my last one, I'm going uh, much less well-known, but someone else who celebrates the virtues of a strong right arm with a flat pick and an acoustic guitar. And that is a guy named Ed Hamill who performs as Hamill on trial. And... <laughs> uh, You know, you hear you hear people say, well, that that person could do punk rock with an acoustic guitar. If you haven't heard Ed Hamill do it, you haven't heard it done. And Hamill on trial. The song I'm picking is called Sugar Free. And it's from his first record uh, on Mercury called Biggest Life from the mid 90s. Ed lived in Austin at the time. I think he lives somewhere in New York. He lives in Brooklyn for a while. Uh, and, uh, his music has gotten more political, more, more overtly political. And he's, he's picked up Robert Criscow as the fan in the last several years, but back in the, in the mid nineties, he was doing, uh, shows club shows in Austin and it's just him and the guitar and, uh, his mouth Oh his ahead. mouth Sorry. runs his mouth runs as fast as his right arm, which is incredibly oh, fast.
5: It's he's just electrifying.
4: Did, yeah. did either of you guys ever see
2: uh the show he did with the uh, Austin awesome Slam poet uh, Whammo? The WAMO sure, yeah. trial? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah
2: they didn't they didn't rehearse that and it was seamless, man. Yeah I mean it was just seamless. I saw that at the electric. That was one of the last things I saw at the electric lounge before they closed the doors, man.
4: Yeah. Ed, Ed Hamill played at electric lounge all the time. Last time I saw him was actually at the 20 year electric lounge reunion here in, in Austin, uh, at the, at the, uh, 310 theater at Austin city limits, Moody theater. But, um, Check out the song Sugar Free. The best version for My Money is on a live recording called Ed's Not Dead that was made when he was touring with Ani DeFranco. So he was playing to big audiences and he comes out and opens his his show with Sugar Free. And it's just a song about, you know, why can't we just give it to each other straight? No candy coating, just straight up truth. Uh, And then he has a rap in the middle about how he just wants to get in the game. He just wants to be part of the game of the in the rock and roll world. And it's really something. Hamill on trial, sugar-free, check it out and check everything else he does out. So man, there you have it.
2: Kudos for you, man. For great, for, for, for yeah. Hamel, that's what, Man, I hadn't thought of him 15
5: years. He's also got a song about a friend of his who tried to write, rob a Kentucky Fried chicken with a spork.
4: With fork. <laughs> with fork. My wife and I rarely say the word fork without referencing the lyrics to that song before it's it's he's it is really something hamel on trial check it out okay beach
5: all right i don't have a list i've got ruminations because i've, I've
2: I was... got i've got a list of one that i'm gonna go i'm gonna do after you
5: all right uh i was just thinking about like great moments, great acoustic moments I experienced. And one of them was seeing Neil Young solo acoustic at Bass Concert Hall here in Austin, Texas, where about half of the show he spent like wandering around the stage, trying to figure out what he wanted to pick up next. (laughs) It was a very strange, but wonderful performance. And, uh, You got to see a guy with a very delicate voice, obviously, uh, not backed with the roar of Crazy Horse or any kind of electric band, but just like getting into his own head and sharing it with the crowd. I went to that show with my mother-in-law. I probably wouldn't have gone uh, had she not said, hey, I need a date for this show. And uh, I'm really glad I did. That's one moment. Another moment was back when you guys know I'm going to bring up Drive-By Truckers, and you guys know I'm going to bring up the next person. Drive-By Truckers uh, went out a couple of times on a solo acoustic tour, not a solo tour, but uh, when Isbell was in the band, Drive-By Truckers went out uh, with a tour they called The Dirt Underneath a couple of times. That was where I first heard Two Daughters and a Wife at the old Antones on what was it, seventh and Lovaca, Jim? Does that sound right?
4: Yeah, the where the ping yeah. pong place is now. Right.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah.
4: Right up the street from spaghetti where else. Right. Right. So yep. Three
5: guys, three guys just sitting there drinking whiskey and playing songs. And it was so wonderful. The first night, I went back the second night. And the second tour for dirt underneath didn't. Come around Austin, but I've got a poster hanging over our bed from that that first weekend. It's great so show. that that it's great was show. really cool. Speaking of Richard Thompson, I saw Richard Thompson play 1952 Vincent Black Lightning before it even came out at the Maintenance Shop, a little 130 140 seat club in Ames, Iowa.
2: <clears throat> Does anybody know if they are they still open?
5: Yeah,
4: yeah, kind of. Are they gonna Uh,
2: survive the lockdown, you
4: think? Yeah, they still have yeah, it's 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 owned by the university. So Okay,
2: yeah. So all right. So it's like the
4: the cactus cafe. There's exactly it's in it's very much like the cactus cafe.
5: For those of you out there in internet radio land, this is basically the uh, UT's version of the maintenance shop is the cactus cafe. Very small listening room and i saw richard thompson play that on an acoustic guitar at a table full of three other women and i was just absolutely mesmerized and at the end of the song nobody had ever heard it before of course because it hadn't been released uh rumor and sigh hadn't come out yet and at the end of the song i took my eyes off richard thompson because i was watching his hands and wondering if i should just cut my own hands off so i could never play guitar again (laughs) and all the women i'll vote
2: vote for that all the (laughs) (laughs) all the women
5: all the women at our table were just like weeping like their dog just died it's a very moving song (laughs) God, and also uh i've i've got to get on uh I've got to get on MTV Unplugged because there were some great, great moments. Like Jim mentioned, Pearl Jam and Black and Nirvana. Absolutely fantastic. But one he didn't mention, and I mentioned this with some hesitation because you guys are going to make fun of me. So go ahead and have your fun.
2: We were going to make fun of you anyway.
5: But Doesn't matter what you say. On his MTV Unplugged, there was a legendary artist who did as much as he could to rehabilitate his own self sabotaged reputation. Rod Stewart's Unplugged was fantastic
3: absolutely Dude,
5: fantastic I, I don't doubt that the guy's an incredible yeah.
2: damn singer with
5: amazing great singer. catalog man
3: he,
2: i mean he his, his songs I and mean, i don't know that he wrote them but the stuff he recorded is great and he can sing man
5: yeah and he didn't kick around a soccer ball the whole time you know i mean wasn't it jim i've confused chris gow and grill marcus or whoever uh, a couple of times but wasn't it wasn't it Chris Gow who said nobody has ever betrayed his talent so completely as Rod Stewart?
4: That's, except, I think it was Chris Gow, yeah. Except yeah. Hank Williams,
2: Jr.
5: Yeah.
2: Well, Except Hank Williams, Jr., who had real stuff and was a real guy for about 18 months.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys will thank me now that you've had your fun. You guys will thank me because I'm taking a knee on the fifth down. I'm not going to say anything about Springsteen on Broadway because you know what I feel about. That. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: All right, man. I I have one, and just one, and I probably could think of more, but I have one, and I had seen. Uh, when did uh, Roger McGuinn made that big comeback in the late '80s with uh, the Back Tom in Rio Petty thing? Back, uh, from back from Rio, from Rio back and from I had. Rio. And I had gone and seen that show and I had that album and, and, and man, it was, you know, it had all the great stuff on it. And Petty and all his band played on it. And it had an Elvis Costello song that me and Jim really like on
4: it. And, great uh, song. You know, well, what a great song.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and it was just a good album. And it was the first thing anybody had heard from Gwen in what, 10 years or something like that. And then, um, uh, And then, you know, he kind of had the MTV hits and did the tour. And I went and saw that uh, tour at the Paramount when they came to Austin. And and he just kind of faded back in the background. And, you know, I didn't think about him very much other than the fact that y'all know I'm a real Birds fan. And uh, this would have been about... 2002 2003 he was doing a solo thing at uh cactus and actually yeah yeah i got i got tickets and i got tickets for jim and sarah and we all went and uh i tell you what was cool man there was no showbiz glitz on any of that any of that shit he was just a he was just an acoustic folk musician playing the songs of his that everybody knew and uh I wasn't really expecting all that much. I mean, you know, come on, you guys have been in Austin now longer, longer than I have been. And uh, people playing acoustic guitars just aren't that special there, are
3: they? (laughs) Yeah.
2: And and, and so I'm thinking, all right, it's going to be cool. And he's playing all this stuff. And at one point, Jim leans over and he says, you know, just – it's not losing anything by not having a band. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. It, it's the song and it's not a different bird. Ver- it sounds like the thing that he put out on the radio and, uh, and I, you know, and I've seen other unplugged stuff and, and scale down stuff. And, but.
5: Uh, Can I interrupt for just a second. Absolutely. The point that we haven't talked about, which we really should is, The tone is in your fingers. It doesn't matter what you're playing. Well, uh,
2: yeah, and that's kind of it. And, you know, and and Jimmy, and you talked about this later, it was hard for me to determine the next day, was he really that good or did I just think it was that good because I really like him and really like all those songs. And and he –
4: but, I mean, you – it was the birds. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the thing that was so surprising to me about that show was, you know, two of the great things about the birds are just the lush sound with that electric 12 string and the, the harmonies. Right. And, yeah. and he is doing, he, he did, a, he was performing in a format where he couldn't do either of those things. No, it is still. Was and amazing. it still worked. Yeah, Uh, I
2: mean, that was
5: so he's up there with an acoustic guitar and he's not that 12
2: 12 string Martin, and
5: he's 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 not a very physical singer. You're kind of reminding me of when uh, I and Jim has too seen Bob Mold, who's a very physical singer, but he plays a 12 string acoustic sometimes, and it's just it's just it just roars like an electric guitar. Yeah.
2: That's how this was. It was, it was so downstated and I was so expecting it to be, you know, like Flat. like a bird show on value with, without side guys. Yeah. And, and he started playing and it was just like, Oh wow. That's, and the, the reason that I brought up that back from real thing, he did, uh, he did a couple of things off that back from real album. And, and one of them was uh, that big, radio hit he had with petty, uh, uh, King of the, uh, Hill. King of the, the Hill. Hill and I'm thinking, man, there's no damn way this is going to work in, in this particular application. And I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was just something. My second pick. And I think Jim turned me on. You this. said you had one. I, and I added <laughs> <one>. <laughs> my second pick. <laughs> and I think Jim turned me on to this. He, sent me a link years ago. Uh I am not an REM fan. I mean, you know, you I, I like their hits. You guys are real into the band and all the stuff that they did. I like the things that I heard on the radio that I like. And you know, so probably four or five REM tunes and I'm like, yeah, they were great. Uh, yeah, the rest of it, I don't know. I don't know that much about it. Jim sent me a link to a YouTube video of Those guys when they were still touring in a van, yeah, of in their hotel room playing uh don't go back to Rockville. Yeah,
3: yeah
2: and, yeah. and I I mean and, and and Stipe is sitting between the beds at the motel and they got whatever they're filming it <laughs> on the, on top of the TV, and and uh you know the the Mike Mills is playing acoustic guitar on one side and and Peter Buck's playing an acoustic guitar on the other side. And I have never heard a vocal performance that was just that goddamn good. I mean, yeah. no mic, no board, no anything. And Michael Stipe just shot that through yeah. the goddamn stratosphere. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. listening to that, and I was like, I don't know how I don't like this band more. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well. Uh, uh, well, but, uh, you know what I mean? They were probably 22, 23 when they shot this. I mean, they were still doing, they were still doing college clubs, you know? And I don't even know where it was from. It was just something that was on somebody had posted up on YouTube that they had done a video clip of, you know, off a of camera in their from their motel room. And, uh, I should I should try and look that up. And any of y'all out there that like the uh, REM or that song, don't go back to Rockville. Y'all should look it up. It's incredible know version. Here.
5: You know, uh, Mike Mike Mills wrote that, and it was yeah. about it was about a girl. He didn't want to go back to Rockville, and once they took it into the studio, they countryed it up a little bit. And I remember uh, it came out on a <clears throat> on an EP uh, as well yeah, with a couple yeah. of and uh i bought the an ep and my my brother uh was visiting my brother lived in arizona but my brother was visiting i said and my brother was into country music and i really wasn't but i said hey dan i think you might like this it's it's kind of country mm-hmm. and i played him don't go back to rockville and he's like really so you think that's country music <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> close close Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They were so great at that time, that period in time, um, around that time, you know, that's like I said, I was in college and, uh, my friend Sander turned me on to all those early, uh, REM, uh, singles and all, including Rockville and, um, Wendell G and all that kind of stuff. It was great. I want to make a note before I do mine. I want to make a note going back to what Billy was talking about, Roger McQuinn. Just quickly. I just wanted to say that, uh, when we were doing edge magazine, uh, we had a magazine in Greenville called edge and, uh, in, uh, 1991 through 94 In our office, uh, we had a balcony and the balcony, the back balcony faced over the amphitheater stage at the peace center. Uh, so anything that was on the amphitheater stage, we could watch for free. So we would grill out or whatever on the balcony, and just watch whoever's out there. So we, I got word that Roger McGuim was going to play solo at the amphitheater, and uh, and it was early. Uh, he was playing at four o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, we all got our various uh, beverages and, and stuff. And uh,
2: y'all was boozing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least that, maybe something that smoked too or narcotics yeah, or narcotics. and we were sitting there and watching it and and uh my then girlfriend who ended up being my wife uh, of course she divorced you yeah yeah no she did divorce me but we were <laughs> don't do that no she never divorced me the um she she did worse than that she died on, on me but uh anyway the uh we uh um, a
2: lot more radical than a divorce
0: yeah a lot a lot more radical and a lot, a little bit harder to take, I might add. Anyway, we were all there. Was five or six of us sitting there, and uh, from Tom Rogers started up, you know, through his whole set, we just kept looking at one another and going, "Is this really one guy?" Right, playing that twelve string, and he started. The first thing he played was "Feel a Whole Lot Better," and then he went, and "Yeah, he we,
2: played, he played that the, the Cactus Show, man," and yep. I was like. Good God, man, he does. It sounds like six damn people playing.
0: It did. I mean, he went from, he went to, you know, did all the hits. He did turn, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then he, he did, uh, so, so many, so many great birds and, uh, McGuinn solo songs, but man, it was one of the greatest. And, um, you know, I would have never thought about that. Had you Billy not mentioned it, I I should have put that in mind, but I'm going to run mine down real quickly now. Um, jim had said earlier you know the thing his his own self-imposed rule that if it was something really obvious it was just kind of skipping over including nirvana uh unplugged
2: that's why i didn't mention no armor
0: well yeah i has i'm not mentioning any uh let me see no southern rock no southern rock but uh the first my first one is actually nirvana because um I remember watching that the night it aired and I didn't know much about them at the time. I really didn't. What I did know was that they played the man who sold the world by David Bowie and it, it just knocked my socks off. I was like, yeah, I like these guys. And then I, you know, it's so weird that, uh, I never was a huge Nirvana fan. In fact, I, I was the only one in America that didn't buy that, uh, nevermind album. And, uh, but I ended up being a big Dave Grohl fan and getting everything he ever recorded. So kind of balances out guess. And, uh, but the only, I did, I, I did get the, uh, da- I purchased the download of, um, Nirvana unplugged later on because of the man who sold the world. I just think that's great. And my next one, we just played a little while ago. And that's that you two, um, stuck in a moment from the 20th anniversary, super deluxe reissue of the album. All that you can't leave behind is, uh, the uh, edge and Bono doing that, uh, live. And I love it. Uh, My next one we've, (laughs) I think I'm the third or maybe the fourth one today to mention the name Richard Thompson.
5: Mm-hmm. There, was,
0: there was a uh, cassette tape that I had back in the days of cassettes in the early 90s when I was playing gigs, at least three gigs every week. And I was driving all over Hill and half of Houston. And uh, I would listen Same to... Same thing. That's yeah. the same thing. I was gonna say, <laughs> Happy
2: Houston actually has broader boundaries than
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: hell. Yeah, uh, you but,
2: you might could actually get out of hell. But hell, hell is <laughs>
0: hell is in Houston. It's called the airport. Um, yeah, I've been there, and it is hell at the Houston Airport. 16 ten. I've, I've got six ten
2: and I ten at four o'clock. I've
0: got I've got my <laughs> stories about the airport, and but that's all. Anyway, so this compilation cassette of various artists. I've been trying to remember the name of the compilation. I've been all over the internet. I can't find it. I, I don't know. I lost the cassette years ago. I know it had, um, maybe Sarah McLaughlin and a bunch of people doing acoustic things It had Richard Thompson doing B swing. And, uh, that song just killed me. Uh, I mean, uh, I would, you know, it made me so happy just to hear that when it would come across. And, uh, I, I, wasn't so aware of him before that. Uh, I wasn't so aware of the Richard and Linda albums that I went back and purchased or the Fairport convention, which I didn't uh, know much about either. And I went back but all because of that one song, I started digging back into Richard's back catalog.
2: I mean, that guy can write, not just plug good, incredible.
0: good oh, yeah. writer, Very emotional, uh, songs, emotional, uh, invoking emotion and i just love it so you no know, she was a fine thing fine as a bee's wing, man yeah heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking about so uh my next one the money hey one.
4: uh hate to interrupt but i gotta sign off now y'all great seeing you but i've got a i got a commitment that i've got to get to so uh okay. see you next week man see y'all right. next week thanks right. y'all
0: see you ya. later later and then there were three
2: and, okay yeah. now he's gone we can talk about
0: yeah him. we talk about <laughs> well my my last two uh, neither one of these will be a surprise to you guys at all not at all uh my next one is Maria McKee and it's from a acoustic uh, acoustic album acoustic tour 2006 that was just uh, her and a guitar and a piano and that whole album acoustic tours <laughs> I bet that
2: was okay. great
0: man it's fantastic uh my pick is the song shelter uh long justice
2: who doesn't which, like that song
0: it's a great song uh, the uh the album is uh, other really great ones on there uh that song that she had called a good heart is hard to find that uh she tells the Stewart uh, tells the album. Uh, What the hell am I trying to say? She tells this story on the album about Dave Stewart from Eurythmics. Um, Heard that song and he said he would make it a number one hit. A good heart is hard to find. And uh, he did. She said he did, but it wasn't for me. Uh, So I have to research it. I'm not sure it might have been Eurythmics that recorded it or Annie or something. I'm not sure. But she, uh, Maria sings it very, very well. And, uh, so that, you know, and then, uh, also on that same, she ends that live set with a, yes, a Bruce Springsteen song. Uh, she does a great version of Backstreets, and it's, uh, all acoustic.
2: You big fan of them. I have a question. I can't remember this off the top of my head, that album shelter. And it had that Jimmy, you know, the big lush, you know, lots of stuff. Didn't they, uh, didn't she have a song on there that was essentially her and a piano called wheels that she, I, I know the sound of your wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Her, yes, and, yeah. And, 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 and it's a man that is a, that is a wonderful break in the middle of that album, man. Yeah.
3: That's, a great, you that's know? A great.
2: It's, it's, it's her playing the piano and just singing that song. And, and yeah, anyway, that, uh, t- you were just bringing up the acoustic part and I had, Thought that that was, it was that way on that actual album.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Um, Well, my last one's no surprise at all. He's her. Uh, I'm going with Bruce Springsteen (laughs) and the, uh, slow acoustic version of born to run, uh, originally done at the, uh, for the amnesty international concert in 1988.
5: And he I did. had
2: never heard that until about three months ago. Pat said, man, go listen to this.
0: Well,
5: he, and, I uh, did,
2: and I did. And I was like, oh, my God.
0: It's amazing. He did that He did that tour, uh, 88 tour with uh, Peter Gabriel and Tracy Chapman and all those, Sting and all those others. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce the other person's name. Endure, or what was it? Um, that artist. Anyway, uh, it was somebody with one of those hard-to-pronounce names anyway he they put a, he put out a four-track ep called chimes of freedom it's uh live and all the money went to amnesty as well and it's uh it's got that born to run on there um acoustic and also uh not acoustic but equally impressive is his a uh, version of Bob Dylan's chimes of freedom. That's on Yeah,
2: I, I would have figured somebody had to have played that at that game.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
2: No, uh, We are talking about the same uh, Born to Run version that's bluesier and
5: not. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: And I had never even heard of that.
5: Changed did the not, alliteration. I did not
2: know it existed until pa- uh, Patrick sent me a link and said, listen to that. And I was like, Oh my
3: God! Dude. Yeah, oh, I, I love
2: it. Again, you know, I really like Springsteen. I just
5: pretend not to to put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody... speaking of Springsteen on Broadway. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted Did you, uh, Buff. About... No, no,
0: I was that was, hey, uh, that was it.
2: I had, you know, man, there was something I was wondering about. I, I don't know very much about that show, Springsteen on Broadway. Patrick, have you? Do you know anything about it? <laughs>
0: he
5: might have heard it once I've been meaning to get to it you know I won the ticket lottery to go see the show you had to like you know cut off a toe give a, give a pint of blood yeah <laughs> <So like that.
3: sighs> And burn,
5: I burn, burn, yeah. burn part of your hair over an altar. Yeah. I won the lottery <laughs> to go to the show, and Cindy came home and was like, Hey, I won a lottery and I can buy tickets tomorrow. And she's like, Well, I haven't been to New York in a couple of years. And I said, Who said anything about you going to New York? Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, and, well, and, hey yo. and yet you're still married. <laughs> and yet we're still married. And then I said, <laughs> They say, even if you win the lottery there's no chance you can sit together and then she said forget about it and i i i didn't want to be away from work and i didn't go and let's see i've watched it about five times on netflix and Let i've got the you, uh, the cds
2: would you make a different decision if you had to over again <laughs> well, well, man. Here, if look, you have to and, think and, on and, it that and, long, there's and, a problem. And, and the, well, and here's the thing, man. The show's kind of—I mean, we sort of ran past the end of what we were talking about.
0: But what do you think?
2: Well, but here's the thing, and and uh, <laughs> and I, you know, this is something I get asked quite a bit. Uh, do you have any regrets? And I don't really have any regrets about anything I have ever done. I, I have done except one thing. I was booked into the Palomino Club in, in North Hollywood and canceled that gig because it was just gonna be too hard to get there on the timeline that I had to work with. And I talked to whoever had booked me and they said, Look, man, we like your stuff. So when you're gonna be in, in Southern California, let us know and, and and we'll put you on a ticket with somebody. And they club and they shut down three months later. Shut down. Yeah. And and man, I I would literally, man, give give my damn it because I could replace them with plastic, to uh <laughs> to play that gig, man. I mean, the burritos played there, George Harrison played there, and the birds Everybody. played there, and that right. And and I could have played that stage, and I and I didn't, and I I canceled that thinking, oh well, I'll make it up some other time, and then we ran out of time. And that's why today, man, man. Now, and I've ever anybody that knows me very well knows this. I only cancel a gig under two conditions: there's a bone showing, or I can't get the bleeding to stop. Oh, <laughs> and,
3: wow. and,
2: and besides that, I make the gig. I don't, I don't care about the money. Don't care about the slot. Don't care about any of that. And so I just wonder, man, because you had a shot to get there and see that show.
5: It would have been fun who have seen that i you know i got a lot of friends in new york of course right yeah yeah but uh, uh i can watch it on netflix whenever i want and, and i cindy didn't want to go and so i guess i don't regret it
0: okay yeah well, well and, and you know, there's a lot to be said for not having to deal with the crowd i mean i have you know i've got the thing on dvd now and I'll put it on the big screen TV and watch, watch it several times. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost better than being there in person because you don't have to, you know, fight the crowds well, or it, anything. Yeah, well,
2: that's something else, man. Looking at in retrospect, I mean, and that's, you know, you mentioned the crowds and, and both of y'all know this. Man, I'll, I won't hardly go and hear live music. I mean, even if I'm on the damn guest list for somebody because I can't deal with the crowds. I, I can't stand I, it either. I, yeah. And uh, it was... A few years ago in Austin, uh, I was friends with a bunch of the guys in uh, Arlo Guthrie's band, and Arlo was playing Green Hall. And they said, uh, "Hey man, we can hook you up with a you know with all access, and we you get you on the list." And I was like, "No thanks." However, my mother in law is a huge Arlo fan. Put her on the list. And they did, and my mother-in-law loved it. She got to go down. She got to go up the wheel call ticket. Say, I'm on the list. <laughs> they ran it down, gave her her pass, and uh, so that was cool. But no, man, I didn't want. I I didn't want
0: Well, to I got I guess I got spoiled several years ago being a journalist and and also uh, you know making connections with all these <laughs> folks. So I established this rule: uh, first of all, I have to get in free, and secondly, I have to have all access and be able to have, uh, stay backstage or on the side stage. Man,
2: man, even at that, there's too damn many people back there for me to be comfortable. I just do not do well yeah. in, in crowds much more than about 20 or 25. Most
0: most of the bands that I've gone to see, they kind of limit the amount of people they allow backstage. Uh, I can't stand a big crowd. You know, and I, I talk, I've said a lot about Billy Bob Thornton, but, Of all the shows I've gone to, at his he he seems to be that way too. He seems to like not wanting to be just you know inundated with a huge crowd of people around. I I
2: I mean that's the reason I don't go to Fourth of July parade. I I can't yeah I can't be in a crowd with people moving all around me after about uh, after about an hour, man, I get a little homicidal.
0: Well, speaking of homicidal has nothing to do. With what I'm going to say uh, You out? <laughs> a, a guy, I want to, yeah, that's cool. I want to, yeah. I just wanted to tell you about next week, uh, I have oh, a, topic. Yeah, do do? I have a yeah. topic and it's called video killed the radio star. Okay. And it's music videos that were so powerful image wise,
2: I got five that, already.
0: That they burned <laughs> into your very mind. These are the videos you would sit watching MTV for hours just to hope and see. And I've heard you guys talk about a couple of them in the past, things that you've never seen anything like it, and maybe never would again.
2: I got and, I got five or ten now. And,
0: and Billy, <laughs> you, you're gonna talk about the white snake video girl again, aren't you? And
2: I'm not, <laughs> but that but that was a good
0: one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, and uh I'll let Jim know uh, about it too. But I, I, I don't that, think
2: y'all let him know. I think it'd be a whole lot more entertaining if we spring it on him.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Well, with, with Jim, he would he would just come right up with the answers. So, uh, what can you say? Yeah, because he would
2: that... day drinking. I think that's a form of cheating, don't
5: you, Patrick? I do too. Y'all be good. All yeah, right, I'm we're, out, man. We're,
0: we're going out with a we're going out with a song. We're going out with guess what? Bruce Springsteen acoustic Born to Run.
2: What a good song. See y'all All next right. week, guys. All right, Bye. guys.
0: Thanks a bunch.
7: In the day we sweat out on the streets of a runaway American dream At night we ride through mansions of glory and suicide machines Sprung from cages on highway 9, home wheel fuel injected iron Stepping out over the line, baby, this town rips the bones from your back. It's a death trap It's a suicide rap. I wanna get out while I'm still young Those tramps like us Baby, we were born to run Well, Wendy, let me in, I want to be your friend I want to guard your dreams and visions Just wrap your legs round these velvet rims Strap your hands across my engine, until together we could break this trap We'll run till we drop and baby we'll never go back Walk with me out on the wire Girl, I'm just a scared and lonely rider And I gotta know how it feels I wanna know if love is wild I wanna know if love is real Palace, Emmy power drones scream down the boulevard. A girl's comb her hair in rear view mirrors. The boy's try to look so high. The amusement park rises, bold star. Kids are huddled on the beach in the mist. Well, I want to die with you when on the streets tonight in an everlasting kiss Well the highways jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive Everybody's out on the run tonight But there ain't no place left to hide And together we could I love you with all the madness in my soul. Someday, baby, I don't know when we're gonna get to that place that we really wanna go when we'll walk in the sun. Killing tramps like us, baby, we were born to.
0: the boss himself, Bruce Springsteen, it don't get no better than that. In my book, that is Bruce doing a wonderful, uh, alternate acoustic solo version of his massive hit born to run taken from the, uh, EP called chimes of freedom that he did in correlation with the amnesty international tour. Back in the day and um, I've just always loved the way that he performed that one just solo acoustic it's just really really cool hope you guys enjoyed the program today half as much as we enjoyed doing it so um, we wanted to say thank you to our sponsors Springer Mountain Farms Chicken Springer Mountain Farms is down in Georgia and um, they are some great People, Gus and Susan, and everybody there, wonderful folks, and they create a wonderful product. Uh, Springer Mountain Farms chicken is superior in every way. It has no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts, none of the junk. And it's raised on f- family farms, not corporate farms, but family farms. That's uh, Springer Mountain. Be sure to pick up the Springer Mountain chicken products at your grocery store, supermarket, or you can order online and they will deliver it to you. That's right. Sure will. Either way, you need to scoot on over to springermountain.com and check them out. Springer M T M, springermtn.com. Get you some of that good chicken, man. And it's healthy and it tastes superior programs always, always brought to you also by the box masters, a great band, a great rock and roll band that, uh, it has a whole lot of sixties influence and some of the greatest songs and song lyrics you're ever going to hear. Uh, masterminded, by two guys, uh, bud Thornton also known as the actor, Billy Bob Thornton. But it is Bud Thornton and JD Andrew, a very noted and acclaimed producer, engineer, and multi-instrumentalist, uh, from Los Angeles. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those two guys, uh, actually recorded the latest album, just the two of them during COVID played all the instruments, wrote all the songs uh, on light rays and it is an excellent album i highly recommend the vinyl i highly recommend the cd because i have both you can have both you can get both you can get downloads uh you can get autographed copies you can get all that some swag uh collectible box masters things all sorts of cool stuff and find out about the upcoming 2021 summer tour oh yeah If you haven't seen the band yet, you've got to get out to one of these gigs. It's a party, folks. It's a party all the time, and it is wonderful. And they sound great on the album, and they sound great, great, great live, too. So, anyway, it's the Boxmasters and nothing but the Boxmasters. So, help me God. It is theboxmasters.com. Check them out whatever you do, please check them out. And uh, once again, I want to say uh, thank you for listening to the podcast today, or if you're watching it on YouTube, thanks for watching it on YouTube. And we will be back again next Saturday recording a whole other uh, podcast for you. And we hope you'll check that out too. So thanks a bunch, folks. And we, we greatly appreciate it. And we'll see y'all on the road.
3: Bye.